1: Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. We talk about writing, history, rules, and cool stuff. And today, I have a very special guest for the end of the year. I have Emily Brewster, a lexicographer at Merriam-Webster and co-host of the new podcast, Word Matters. Hi, Emily. Thank you for being here today. Hi, Mignon. Thanks for having me. You bet. Well, it's it's sort of award season for words. Um, last night, recently, Ben uh, Zimmer referred to Words of the Year as the Oscars for words, and so um, I'm just excited to have you here to talk about um, how these words get chosen. So, can you talk about um, Merriam-Webster in particular, how the dictionary chooses? Well, it's really the editors of the dictionary choose the word of the year, and I'd love to hear sort of what what. what it's like, you know, usually in the office, I'm sure you weren't in the office this year, but sort of the environment under which the word gets chosen. Yes. Our
2: process is, uh, I think, a little different than some others. We, I don't actually think of our word of the year as being chosen so much as being identified because it's really, it's based on data. So Merriam-Webster's word of the year is a word that was looked up a great deal of times, great many number of times uh, on our website, and then a word that was also looked up in far greater numbers than in previous years. So if it were only ever, you know, the word that was looked up the most often, it would probably bounce back and forth between affect and effect, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Those are words that people are always looking up. But when we are identifying the word of the year, we look at words that have been looked up a great deal, and then we filter out the words that are always looked up a lot, and we compare uh, the words that were looked up a lot to their previous year's lookups. And um, our word of the year—can I can I spill it? Yes, absolutely. Okay, our word of the year was this year is for 2020 is pandemic. And sometimes in this process, we have two or three words that were looked up a great deal and were looked up in far greater numbers. Um than they had been in the previous year. And sometimes we have to think about: well, this word was looked up, you know, five at had five different spikes and look up over looks up look ups over the course of the year. The plural is not looks up. Um <laughs> but uh other times, um in, in the case of pandemic, it was just absolutely crystal clear that this word. Um, was really uniquely uh, appropriate <laughs> as 2020's word of the year for dictionary users because people came to the dictionary to look up pandemic um, from, you know, starting back in, starting in January, then more in March, and then it just exploded and really stayed high for the entire year.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess it's not a surprise it affects everything. In fact, when the pandemic first came out sometime back around then, I did a show about pandemic versus epidemic and it's done unusually well compared to all my other shows too. So, yeah, people are really interested in those words.
2: They are, and I think people are I, that that's a, a great topic for a show because I think especially in the early part of the year, people were trying to distinguish between epidemic and pandemic. When is this now? Has it gone from being epidemic to pandemic? And uh, Certainly, when the World, World Health Organization announced that it was officially a pandemic, um, we saw the impact of that on our website and our traffic.
1: It's fascinating that you can see the data. I love that Merriam-Webster shares uh, what words are trending, I think, you, every day on Twitter, right?
2: Most days, I mean, some days there really isn't, you know, on a on a happy, quiet, peaceful day, <laughs> there isn't necessarily much. Although it's, you know, sometimes there, uh, it's not always a terrible thing that drives people to look up words in the dictionary. But yes, most days uh, there is some word that is trending for some reason or another, and we do tweet about it and we post about it on our website. Also,
1: were there any fun words that you remember from this year? Oh, you know, the word Kraken made it
2: to our list. Um, Ah. and, uh, it made it to our list because there was a, a new hockey team in Seattle that chose the word Kraken as their name. And, um, you know, that it's an interesting word because it is a a norse mythological sea creature uh it doesn't have a lot of use in um in the in the in popular discourse except uh if you're a marvel fan there are some there are some examples for sure in uh, in popular culture but a lot of people i think did not know what the word was or they wanted to know just more information about the word kraken when that was announced
1: Right, exactly. The first thing that comes to mind is release the kraken. <laughs> right, yes,
2: yes, and then the word actually the word spiked again later um, in the year. Just af- I think after we had already after we had uh, or it, when we were still in the process of assessing our data, um, it had a, big, a spike again when um, Sydney Powell used you uh, said that that uh, that a, a kraken was to be released, or I guess it's always uh, the kraken, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, the the way that I know it said, I'm I'm, I'm no expert. <laughs> <laughs> So what's the, uh, can you give us a sense of what the environment is like in the office? Is it special in any way when you're choosing the word of the year? Does everyone wait in anticipation or is it just sort of a regular part of the job?
2: Well, it's something that we, lexicographers are are kind of famously quiet. And um, so we discuss it in Slack. (laughs) Ah, yeah. We will see words, words spiking and, you know, we, there's a little alert that goes off. This word is spiked. And so in our Slack channel, we'll be like, Oh, maybe this will be the word of the year or, you know, sure hope this isn't the word of the year or, um, so there's, uh, it's, it's always a topic of interest. But again, it's all, it's always surprising to me. And I, I've been part of the process now for, I don't know, a bunch of years, maybe close to 10. And, um, it's, it's always, uh, so interesting to me that, that, w- How when when you actually look at the data for an entire year or for most of the year, because we can't make it all the way to the end of the year, um, that the data is, uh, is, it's not always, it doesn't always match up with these interesting spikes that you've seen.
1: Oh, interesting. Well, um, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. But when we come back, I know Emily is loyal to Merriam-Webster, but I'm going to see if I can get her to talk about some of the other words of the year. We'll be right back. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Is it rosettastone.com slash grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. Okay, we're back. So, Emily, I know you are with Merriam-Webster, uh, one of my favorite dictionaries, but everyone seems to choose a word of the year. I used to choose one, and it just it seemed like everyone else was too, and I, I don't know, I just couldn't muster the, the competitive spirit to come up with my own, and I just love talking about everyone else's. So, um, can you talk about some of the other words of the year? I know this year, I believe dictionary.com also chose pandemic, which really surprised me because usually, um, you know, it seems as if each dictionary tries to come up with its own special word, but uh, maybe pandemic was just so obvious that it was, it was the word everyone had to choose this year. And, but what surprised me also was the Oxford English Dictionary didn't choose a word this year. They said, too many words, we can't do it. So can you maybe talk about some of these other um, words of the year and how they get chosen or sort of what the feelings are about them?
2: It, it was, both of those were interesting facts to my mind. Um, uh, dictionary.com chose the same word that we did, uh, pandemic, and they announced it on the same day we did, which was also yeah. very interesting. Um, and I, you know, I think they were, they were looking at the same kind of data we, uh, we were also looking at. Um, I don't know the details of anybody else's process. Uh, for choosing or identifying a word of the year. Um, uh, but I assume that they are also looking at their web traffic or, and they're, uh, you know, maybe looking at, um, usage beyond, uh, their own website. Uh, so it's such a, uh, such a, such a particular anus horribilis, right? This, this, <laughs> right. this horrible, horrible year that we've all experienced and still are experiencing. Um, I, I, I felt like the Oxford's choice was also very interesting to not settle on anything, but to say we have this body of words that, that, uh, mm-hmm. that are all, all so significant. I mean, it is, it was a year of such big feeling and so much communication. I frequently think about how, um, we are so much, we are all so much more connected than we ever have been, of course. Uh, but I also think about how much written, uh, language we all encounter. Um, and the, and the nature of that written language, because it is, it is, it is astoundingly different from what we could have encountered even, even like 15 years ago. You know, Mm -hmm. we used to only have access to written language as mostly as sanctioned by a platform of one kind or another we had you know you could read what was published you could read what was uh, you know transcribed from from an interview or something uh you could read what was transcribed from uh, from a pulpit from a sermon you know the platforms were so limited and now on the internet we can read informal language we can read we can read the the first impulsive thought of anybody who cares to share it uh so easily so just the it's the lexicographer 's job, and really, I think anybody 's anybody any word person 's job is so much more uh, complicated than it used to be
1: yes, and it 's so much easier to search too. I know you can go back and find the very first tweet that seemed to use the word doom scrolling and see sort of where it started before it it became so much more popular and and all those digital databases and searchable databases are helpful to me in, in doing research on words. And I'm sure that you use them too, but although, you know, professional people have had access to more databases than the average person for much longer.
2: Yes. But I mean, there's just the, the, (laughs) it's both a blessing and a curse, right? Because there's so much, it's just the, the evidence, the evidence of written language is just completely overwhelming. More blessing than curse, I will say more blessing than curse, but it is impossible to ever get to the, to feel like you, you know, it all, you know,
1: Yeah. And so you and I, we both participated for the first time in the vote for the American Dialect Society Word of the Year. And that's an entirely different process. It's not based on data at all. It's, you know, a bunch of people get together and decide, you know, what they think the zeitgeisty words are of the year and then make arguments for and against them and then vote on, you know, what should be the word of the year. And there are different categories. There's the digital word of the year. uh, And then there's special ones uh, this year. Year, there was the Zoom-related word of the year, and it's just a boisterous, fun um, experience. Did, do you have any feelings about you know how it was to participate in that compared to you know the data-driven process um, that you use at the dictionary?
2: Oh, I loved hearing all the arguments that people were making for words one way or another. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the arguments were based on, uh, they were sometimes based on the, the significance of the American dialect society's choosing of these words. So, you know, how is this, how is this going to feel to the public? Which was a really interesting thing to me. Others were, would introduce ideas of, um, you know, how, really, how widely used is this word? Is this word known by everybody who uses Twitter, but nobody else? And that's also a really interesting perspective. Those of us who are online, and of course, Merriam-Webster's word of the year is based on lookups of an online dictionary. Um it's, it's very easy to to look at language through this prism of only online language. Like, are we extremely online? And uh, and I appreciated the the people who would make comments to say, well, you know, do we want a word that feels so extremely online?
1: Yeah, that, uh, people talking about doom scrolling, and it really is just such an online word. Maybe it was, you know, ex- excluding other people. Right, right.
2: On the other hand, doom scrolling is, I felt like that, that, that for me is such. <laughs> it, it 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 it. I yeah. There is no escaping doom scrolling in twenty twenty in my personal experience, and so there was some. It was gratifying to also see that yes, this is it. it, it extends what you know far beyond um, my own experience, and is is really a. Uh, I think for for people who are online, it is a almost universal experience this year.
1: Yeah, it definitely. I think it, it easily could have been my vote for word of the year. <laughs> And I thought it was interesting too that, um, I guess a dictionary.com's, um, people's choice word was unprecedented. And someone made a very strong argument in the voting against unprecedented that I thought was compelling in that it, this isn't unprecedented. There have been pandemics before. There's been political disruption and chaos and strife before that nothing is unprecedented. And I, I apologize. I can't remember who it was that said it, but Nicole Holiday. Nicole Holiday, I love that she said it's a word that provosts use. <laughs> and, 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 you know, marketing from companies is in this unprecedented year. Yeah. I, I thought that was a very strong argument uh, against it. So it was really interesting to hear. Um, people's thoughts. And then there were words that I was completely unfamiliar with. I had never heard poggers before. And I guess this is going to mark me as, as someone who's old, because it's apparently popular with kids. Had you heard of poggers before?
2: I had not. And so I, I actually did a little Googling at the time while still trying to be in the meeting to be like, poggers? Poggers? <laughs> um, I think it's actually it, it's 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 not just the kids, but it's well, except that maybe all the kids are on Twitch. It's somehow associated with Twitch, which I barely I barely know what Twitch is. Also.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate people. I, I went into the chat and asked people to explain it to me. And this is typically used as an interjection. So you'd say, oh, I passed my math exam today, poggers or, you know, dude, that's poggers or something like that. So I, I, I love that, you know, maybe they aren't the most, um, widely known words that are nominees in some of the categories but you get to learn sort of what's trending in pop culture and maybe a a segment of pop culture that that you aren't familiar with. So that that was a really fun part of the vote too. Yes, I agree. Yeah, um so another really interesting thing is watching words of the year from other countries. So I love seeing these things too and um there was another c- group chose um, quarantine, but they had the, uh, they included the accompanying Spanish translation, which was cuarenta. And I always think that's fascinating. And then um, in, you know, the British words of the year, you know, it wasn't such a big deal to Americans, but when uh, Meghan and Harry, you know, sort of left, that was a huge deal in Britain and Megxit, uh was a, a word of the year there because that was such a big part of their culture. Um, do you do you spend any time looking at um, words from other countries have you have you seen any that I haven't?
2: Um, there was a Dutch word of the year that was very interesting. It's translated it's it's transliterated into English as one and a half meter society.
1: One and a half meter society.
2: Yes, yes. Apparently, that's how they that's how that's a, a, a the Dutch version of social distance.
1: Oh, that's fascinating. So it's sort of the six feet apart. Yeah. Let me here. I've got I've got the whole word. <laughs> it's under
2: halve meter samenleving.
1: Wow, that's long. <laughs> well,
2: those Germanic languages look what they do, right? It's I love a it. it's a noun that refers to social distancing, the Dutch word of the year.
1: I love it so much. It's such a fun time of the year to think about all these different words, even when it's it's really been Dominated this year by pandemic related words it's touched so much of our lives um, I, that really came out in the in the voting in the uh, American dialect society. you know there were other words here and there about politics, but the pandemic it just sort of dominates everything it does um, and
2: in some in some ways I think uh, the the american dialect society uh, and also in our in our list of of words, we included uh, defund which I think was another very, very important term from the year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it, it, and so I, I know a lot of people in the American dialect uh, vote last night were also wanted to be sure that that, that the protests had not been lost and that the, uh, you know, calls the, all the, this very important political movement um, right. for defunding the police and uh, to, you know, to do something about police violence against black people. Um, so that that was an that was an interesting one too. Uh and that was part of why I was actually drawn to the word unprecedented also because I I um I took Nicole's point certainly that these individual things are not unprecedented. The thing that is really remarkable about 2020 is that they were all happening at the same time um right. in the same year. So it yeah, it's the, these, these words that we choose are always, um, you know, they're, they're always incomplete.
1: Right. And that was the argument for uh, 2020, just the, the, the year. 2020 was a strong contender for word of the year. And, and the argument for that was that it, there's so much that happened this year that it sort of encompassed everything instead of focusing just on the pandemic. Uh, do, you, do you actually have thoughts about the word of the year being not, you know, rigorously one word? Oh,
2: I mean, I'm a lexicographer. I do, what, define a word for me, right? Right. It's, right. <laughs> to, no, to, I in, in my thinking, a word is a, uh, is a, you know, a group of sounds that communicates a meaning and it doesn't matter if there's a hyphen in there or a space in there. From a dictionary's perspective, we define a term when it is, uh, when it's, it, we consider a term eligible for defining as a word when its meaning isn't readily determined by the, by the meanings of its parts. Can we talk more about 2020
1: as a term? Yes, let's talk about 2020 as a term. What are your thoughts?
2: The final vote for last night's American Dialect Society Word of the Year was there was a runoff, right between right. COVID and 2020. I, I, I had not been thinking of 2020 as a term um, functioning. Uh, the way that COVID does. I, I think people were saying it's, it's a noun, right? 2020. Um, but it also has adjectival use. This is so 2020. This is just, I can't believe how 2020 this is. When that was raised as one of the nominees, I didn't realize it was on the list and I thought it was very funny. I thought that was really a kind of hilarious, hilarious term, um, to possibly call as the word of the year for 2020.
1: Right. 2020's word of the year is 2020. That would be funny. <laughs>
2: yes. Yes. I think mean, that's funny. I found myself being resisting it as a, out of a kind of superstition. Because the, uh, and I think it was Gretchen McCullough who mentioned, yeah. who raised like, well, if this is the, you know, if this is the word of the year, other years have been nominated as the word of the year. Are you somehow dooming? um Is it, is it like bringing an umbrella so that it won't rain or, you know, forgetting your umbrella so it's definitely going to rain? If you call 2020 the word of the year for 2020, is 2021 going to just be that much worse?
1: <laughs> right, right. We thought 2019 was bad. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, you know, I think we'll end on a hopeful note because um just before we started talking, I saw that Andrea Lensford who um used to run the writing program at Stanford shows her um personal Word of the year, not to represent the year, but something that she would sort of focus on as a way to live life. And she chose the word perseverance. And I thought that was, you know, positive, but practical and was something that, that I could think of too as sort of an uplifting word or at least, at least a practical, helpful word to think about going into 2021. I think that's
2: beautiful. I think it's a really, and it, as we, as we are, you know, now that there has been, there are vaccines in theory. Uh, that there are vaccines that people are now getting for COVID, um, but we all have to persist uh, to get to the other side, all the way to the other side of the pandemic.
1: Right. There's still a few months. Yeah. We won't all be able to get the vaccine. But I sing. love that word. Persevere is a. It's a beautiful word, and it is. It is inspiring. It is. It sounds lovely and helpful. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today to discuss the words of the year. And if you'd like to um, catch more of Emily, you can find her as the co-host of the new podcast, Word Matters. And what's your Twitter handle? You're, I know you're active on Twitter. At EA Brewster. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, I look forward to Merriam-Webster's words of 2021. Hopefully they will be more positive.
2: <laughs> thank you so much for having me. This was so fun.
1: It was. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for joining us this week, everyone. Next week, we'll be back to the regular format talking about Janus words that can have opposite meanings like sanction and cleave and the phrase, you've got another thing coming, or is that you've got another thing coming? And a couple of listeners got in touch with a clue about why it may be that Rachel's family uses the word sniffles to describe crumbs. I'm Minyon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find a complete transcript of this interview, as well as all the other Grammar Girl articles, at QuickAndDirtyTips.com. Thanks to my producer, Nathan Sems, and that's all. Thanks for listening. Want
0: to make Mom's day?